you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle, guys. Carl Dukes, put him up, along with my man Jason Lacanfora. And we are now past the AFC and NFC Championship games. But what happened? And why did the teams who were successful move on and the teams that were not didn't? Jason, we talked a lot about the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, and I want to start there because the Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo, I thought they had an excellent game plan uh, and, and trying to slow down Lamar, but he did make mistakes. And, you know, one of the things that we've been battling is how critical, uh, you know, can you be or should you be of Lamar Jackson? And and I see it like this, Jason. He's just like anybody else, right? He's just like any other quarterback where he's, you know, where he, he makes mistakes. We've got to call him out. But it's been, you know, it's been a weird couple of days because it's almost as if like, hey, Lamar, um, even though he didn't necessarily play his best game, you know, how, how critical can we be? And I think we can be very critical of a guy who's about to receive a, a, another MVP. Oh, I, I think he played a D plus, D minus game um, for me. Uh, and unfortunately for him, the offensive coordinator didn't show up at all. He, he gets an F minus. So you put those two things together against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And that's how, even on a day when you hold them, Carl from they scored on the Chiefs scored on their first two score touchdowns. First two times they touched the ball, they scored touchdowns. First two possessions. They averaged 3.4 yards per play the rest of the game over nine possessions. They had 12 first downs in their first two drives. They had 10 first downs over their following nine drives. They started the game five for six on those first two drives, third down and fourth down. Three for 12 the rest of the day. The final nine drives, it's a field goal, which was given to them because the offense didn't run any time off at the end of this first half, and the defense gave them two 15-yard penalties. But the final nine drives were six punts, that field goal, a turnover on downs, and a kneel to end the game. You do that to Patrick Mahomes and still lose at home. How does that happen? Because your quarterback played a D-plus, C-minus game, and your offensive coordinator crapped his pants for four hours and never bothered to wipe his ass. Like, I don't know what that was. Like, I, I it was a level of self-subterfuge that I don't know that I'll ever figure out. Um, there was one instance in that football game, Carl, where – any Ravens running back, not a running back, not the running back, not a particular singular running back. There was one sequence in that entire four quarters of football where a Ravens running back touched the ball two straight times. And those were consecutive screen passes to Justice Hill. Lamar Jackson never in that game handed off to a running back two straight times. It didn't happen. Now, Zay Flowers was in there a little bit, you know. So there were run plays, but no running back got four carries in that game. You know, I thought Lamar Jackson would run the ball 15, 16 times. He ran eight. Andy Reid ran the ball 32 times, and Todd Munkin ran it 16 in a game that was never more than 10 points. That's crazy. Pacheco's first two runs, 12 yards, 17 runs. 17, 12 yards, 7 yards. Two runs, 19 yards. Andy Reid called handoffs. 23 more times to his running backs and picked up a total of 50 yards. 
2.17. But what did he do? He kept running the ball because that helps his defense because that's the kind of game it was because neither offense was going to expose neither defense with any consistency downfield. So let me stick with volume. Let me keep my offensive lineman pushing this way instead of going back this way. And on a day where the Ravens tackles weren't very good and the Ravens outside of Zay Flowers didn't have a wide receiver who was really worth a damn. Uh, <laughs> Munkin's answer to that was let's throw 40 times and let's never let's like Gus Edwards first carry goes 15 yards. And Gus Edwards gets the ball handed to him two more times the rest of the game. You can never make that make sense to me in a million years. I've heard people like Bill Polian out there, you know, who's been an anti-Lamar guy the whole Woo! Spags is so smart. He put seven in the box and Baltimore had no answers. Jackass, did you watch the Baltimore Ravens for the last six years run the ball when you have to defend the quarterback? Like seven is a magic number. You got five offensive linemen, you got a fullback. You got a blocking tight end in Charlie Kohler, and and you've got a running a quarterback that you have to defend like a running back. You Bill Polian you know that better than anybody. You called him a running back. It's like, no man. Like since Spatz is great and all that is awesome, but the game ball should go to Todd Munkin. He never forced Spags to make any adjustments. We never saw what the Chiefs would look like with heavy personnel on the field. Because they never had to do it against the number one rushing team in the league. Like, it's mind-boggling. Chiefs struggled all year to defend rushes with a fullback on the field, right? Anything out of 21 personnel, you could run on them and you could throw on them. It was one area consistently where even in the secondary, they had issues. The Ravens called two, two passing plays out of 21. Both were caught, two for 24 yards. They ran the ball five times all day with the fullback on the field. Like, that's like it, it's nuts. They should have ran the ball five times in the first quarter with the fullback on the field. Like, you can't make it up. And Lamar was bad. Lamar's timing was off, and I think Lamar was chasing ghosts. I think in Lamar's head, this is Patrick Mahomes of three or four years ago, 50 touchdowns, and he felt like he needed to be better. And instead of just activating his legs, instead of two Mississippi, three Mississippi, let me start moving up the pocket, and I'm going to be running as I'm looking. If, and if I'm not throwing, then I'm running. It was none of that. The strip sack, I'm in the upper deck right above it. You could see it happening. He held the ball too long. Ronnie Stanley's not that good. Morgan Moses is not that good. For Mississippi, no. Average time to throw, 3.63. Way too long, dude. Way too long. Like, he wanted to make downfield plays even when they weren't there. He got greedy. He got greedy. And he paid it. He paid the price for it. Um, and the combination of him and Todd Monken was, it sunk their ship. Yeah, the crazy thing is, as we talk about the Ravens and, and why they ultimately lost this game is you went away from your identity. That That is the fundamental point. You were and have been a rushing team. You led the NFL in rushing attempts and you went away from your identity. And that is the, the perplexing thing for me, Jason, as we talk about this, because it's out of character, right? I mean, like, this isn't hard. Don't go away from what got you there. We'll talk about the Lions in just a minute, and yes, we'll criticize the fourth down calls and maybe the magnitude of it in this particular game, but the Lions, that's what they do. We talked about it last week. You and Baldy, we all, we all said, they're going to go for it on fourth down. You don't go away from what got you there. The Ravens fundamentally went away from what got them there, and that to me is just, I don't understand how that happens. And let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Is Harbaugh not on the freaking headset going, yo, 
Todd, whether he is or he isn't, it's on him. Yeah, look, it's a 14-7 game. There's two minutes and 47 seconds left in the first half. Everything's been helped with Skelter. It's clear that Lamar is not playing that well. It's clear that he wants to push the ball downfield, and you're you're running a lot of max protection two-man routes, and you're not going to beat Spags that way, but he keeps overthrowing guys down the boundary. Two minutes, 47 seconds left in the half, and you get the ball midfield. And the defense has already been on the field for 20 minutes. And, and, and if nothing else, Todd Munkin owes it to that defense to run the ball because we know Mahomes is already getting it to start the second half. You've got to bleed the clock there. And he's called games selfishly in the past and not done this in games where the defense is getting dominated in time of possession because the offense, in this case, decided not to even try to run the ball. And what does he do? He takes 61 seconds off the clock. Like, not enough. Bro, you got to run four times to get 10 yards right there. And you got to force them to take timeouts or you got to get that game under the two-minute warning. Like, way under the two-minute warning. Um, and then they give it back to Mahomes. And there's two silly penalties, one on Van Noy. And then, you know, Travis Jones, the young D lineman, has got to learn to keep his hands down. He gets Mahomes on the head. And that leads to a, a field goal. But even then, that's the first time all day that it got to be a two-score lead. It's barely a two-score lead. It's not like it's two touchdowns. It's 10 points. You're at home. You still have the ability to run the ball on this deep. What did Buffalo just do five days ago? Right? Like <laughs> right. It just, had, it just got ran on for 182. The quarterback just ran wild on them. And this is a day that you call two design runs for Lamar? It'll never make sense to me in a million years. Like, I I, I can't. It's like they started the game like they were down 21 nothing, Carl. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, let Hey Lamar just chuck it, man, and see what happens. Like, you know, and look, Lamar, the underneath stuff, a lot of times it was there. And he didn't lean into it and didn't get rid of the ball quickly enough. Like, I'll go to my grave thinking he – Got it in his head that he had to out Mahomes, Mahomes. Like, I got to try to be 2020 Patrick Mahomes. No, you really didn't. And guess who wasn't trying to be 2020 Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes. He had no designs on being Patrick Mahomes. He made four or five great plays on third and fourth down early in the game. And that's it. He managed it. He wasn't getting into areas of the field where they could either burn more clock or maybe get points and throwing jump balls in the triple coverage. He wasn't doing that. Lamar was. This game we talked about had, uh, you know, Ravens had all the pressure on them. They were at home. Yes. They had the number one scoring defense. They had the first team all pro quarterback on the field. They had home field advantage. I mean, all the things. And so all the pressure was on the Ravens to get this done. And Mahomes goes 30 for 39, 241, a touchdown. You said it. He didn't try to do too much. And some people would even say, Hey, Andy Reid, once he realized that, you know, the Ravens weren't going to do crap on offense, kind of dialed it down, right? I mean, they were two times. Yeah, they, they weren't trying to go deep and, and make explosive plays, except for the, the one to, to Valdez Scantling, Scantling at the end of the game. Put the game away. Yeah. It's so, Jason, I'm with you on this. And, and as much as I love Lamar and enjoy watching him play, and I think he's a special talent, this was one of those things. Will he get another shot? Yeah, he'll be back. We've talked about the greats who, you know, start their careers in the playoffs and struggle, and hopefully he'll get another chance. But I don't know if he'll get another chance like this. 
I don't know if he'll have the best defense, be at home, be considered the yep. best quarterback in the league, and have this opportunity. I don't know if he'll get another shot like this, but this one hurts. And for the Ravens to lose, you know, they've been averaging what, 30, you know, 35? 30, yeah, 32 a game at home. Come on, you score 10 points? So I got to ask this before we, before we move on. Zay Flowers, the taunting and the fumble. The taunting to me was just an immature thing, right? Um, but ultimately, the fumble, how much is that being talked about as if that play is not, if that doesn't happen, if that play is oh, made? Still overcome, it still might overcome all this, yeah, and win the game. Yeah. No, look, you know, Harbaugh defended him. Of course he's going to. I don't know how that's taught. My, me personally, small guys. In high in goal to go situations, I want them to get down. I want them to slide. I don't. I don't want a hundred and seventy pound dude getting airborne. Yeah, you know, in a high traffic area where everything's congested, right? We're not even in the red zone. We're in the low red zone. There's just not much real estate, and the linebackers are right on top of you, and the safeties are right on top of you, and the corners obviously are right on top of you. Um, he's trying to make a play. He did have two hands on the ball, but that that's not ideal ball security for me. Um, but look, Zay Flowers is the only wide receiver who showed up. Like, dude, dude, here's Odell Beckham season. Okay. He started the year banged up, right? They overpaid him, but they're, they're hoping he's ready for late season and he's coming back. Obviously, everybody knows he didn't play football last year. The month of November, he looked like he was coming back. He was fairly healthy, right? He caught 13 of his 21 targets. He averaged 60 receiving yards a game in the four games he played in November. And he had two receiving touchdowns. The rest of the season, the other 12 games around November where he was like tuned up and like looked like a, you know, a decent NFL receiver. The other 12 games, he averaged 29 receiving yards a game. He had one total touchdown in those other 12 games. And he caught just 26 of 50 targets. So barely a 50% catch percentage. They gave him $16 million. Like, he, Odell Beckham in the playoffs called four balls for 34 yards. I mean, that's their number two receiver. I mean, Rashad Bateman's been there three years. They took him in the first round. We all could see Lamar Jackson had a bad day, but he's a pretty good receiver, a pretty good quarterback, right? I mean, he, they're not handing him his second MVP at age 27 because of, you know, a random draw, right? His career pass already throwing to Rashad Bateman is 69.2. Rashad Bateman catches 60% of his targets for 7.9 yards per attempt. This is supposed to be their deep downfield guy they took in the first round. He's got three career passing touchdowns, and Lamar has seven interceptions when he throws the ball to Rashad Bateman. Again, 69.2 rating. Hmm. Like, that's who, that's all. So, on a day where he's not right and the coordinator's bad, again, that's what he's going to war with. Yeah. If he wants to, he's dead set on pushing the ball downfield. You know, Mark Andrews played 17 snaps. You know, Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely were on the field together for five of 46 dropbacks for Lamar. It was a non-factor. 12 personnel was a non-factor. It was awesome when they were on the field. He was four for four with a perfect passer rating when they were on the field. They were only on the field for five snaps together. So he wasn't going to – Lamar's got to be smart enough to know, I'm not winning with these wide receivers, so let me – like, I don't care what Todd Munkin plays. I'm just going to scramble. I'm just going to get us into an option play. I'm just going to throw the ball to a running back or I'm just going to hit my hops. But this was the wrong day to be playing hero ball. And to my eyes, 
from the upper deck and rewatching the game on film. I think he played some hero ball. Patrick Mahomes did not want to win the box score. Patrick Mahomes did not care how many points they scored as long as it was one more than the other guys. Yeah, and, and that was evident. Uh, the Ravens... One more thing, though. Mike McDonald is, again, what that guy did after getting exposed for the first two possessions. Oh, they shut him down. Real like, they shut him down. The, every, he met every challenge they faced all year long. Like, had no answers for Kelsey. Kelsey caught all 11 of his targets. Like, I'm not saying that McDonald pitched a perfect game. But, again, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes are 14-3 and three in the playoffs. And their last nine drives, 48 plays for 163 yards and three points. And you lost at home. Yeah. 3-4-11 on third down for the Ravens. Just there's a lot to, to, to digest. Uh, and then we'll have all offseason to digest it and try to uh, see who they're going to lose from their coaching staff. They've lost some people already in the front office. Uh, it's going to be an interesting offseason for the Ravens to see if they can get back to this point maybe next year and get over the hump. It's in the huddle, guys. Jason Lockham for Carl Dukes with you. Our man Brian Balding will be with us later this week as we'll talk and start to get ready for the Super Bowl. Now, understand, we get a week off before we get there, but there's a lot of coaching news and a lot of other things going on around the league that we'll be talking about. When we come back, what happened? 17-point lead, blown. We'll talk about it next on In the Huddle. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jason Lock on for Carl Dukes. We're talking about what happened in the AFC NFC Championship games. And let's shift gears because Jason watching the first half of the Lions against the 49ers, and I I'm tweeting this out. They are bludgeoning these dudes. They're running the ball down their throat. Yep. They're doing whatever they want to do, and I'm going, Lions got this. They've got this wrapped up. Now, we just talked about Todd Munkin, and we get to the second half of this game, and all of a sudden, it's like Ben Johnson loses his perspective on what he needs to do. And, you know, the fourth down calls, obviously, by Dan Campbell. But how do you lose a 17-point lead when you're running the ball and controlling the game the way the Lions were against the 49ers? Yeah, I don't know if the 49ers bribed the football gods or what happened, but man, they it's like they've had these sequences in these games where they got to roll snake eyes, snake eyes, snake eyes, snake eyes to save their <laughs> season. And damn if they haven't done it two weeks in a row. Um, okay, here's where I am on the Ben Johnson of it all and the, and the Dan Campbell of it all. And by the way, as we do this podcast, Ben Johnson is the, the folks with the commanders are in Detroit yeah, interviewing him. Higher. Yes, for the job. Just so we we're, we're on top of this, that is going on as we speak. And by the time you see this, it may have already happened. Go ahead. Here's what I didn't. In real time, I don't like third and a long for, you know, a weird inside draw with Amon Ross St. Brown. So that's my dander got up right then and there. I'm like, all the different ways they're gassing these guys running the ball and you're going to take a small wide receiver and you're going to run him inside. 
But I'm thinking, all right, well, he's smarter than me. So I'm guessing he's got a hell of a fourth and two run play, right? Because I'm still thinking we're in bleed clock mode here. We're we're in like what we do best mode, right? And that's not to say that golf isn't having a great game, but like you've been you, it's Montgomery. It's what we told you it was going to be. It's Montgomery inside, it's Gibbs outside. Whatever yep. you want, and it's there against these guys. Yep. And then he runs a play, and look, the ball should be caught. But would you rather have the ball in the hands of one of your two elite running backs or your number three slash number four? I mean, I'd call them their, at best their number three wide receiver. And if you factor in the tight ends and you factor in Gibbs in the passing game, I'm going to say you're maybe your fifth best option, the guy you want catching the football. And that's who you put it in. And that guy, your your fifth best option in the pass game might not make a, a, a rudimentary catch for you. Like, he might not. And I know you can't scheme it up thinking that, hey, this guy might not catch a four-yard pass, but, like, he didn't catch the pass. I didn't have a problem with Campbell not kicking the field goal there. I really didn't. I think it would have been out of character for him to kick the field goal there. Yes, I know he did take three at the end of the first half, but I can understand in that moment, knowing the other team's going to get the ball, making it three scores. So I, I'm I'm totally with him to this point. Although if I'm him and I hear that play call on third and four, I'm like, give me something for Montgomery or Gibbs. That's me. And I'm not, this is me sitting there with a buddy of mine and my son in real time. I'm like, I, and I'm, you know, I'm pulling for the Lions at this point. And I got a lot of money on Lions plus 300, Kansas City Chiefs plus 185, <laughs> parlay money line. Yeah. Like, don't F this up, guys. Come on now. But I'm like, all right, he's trying to win the game, and that's who they are, and that's that. I can't blame him because he's got a defensive back who hands – somehow that ball ends up in Brandon Ayuk's hands. Like, here's the reality of that play. If the DB catches that ball, the narrative becomes in homes across America, on the sidelines in San Francisco, and in the broadcast booth, should he go to Sam Donald? Because that's what we were on the precipice of. Because to that mm. point in time – Right, mm. Brock Purdy, 7 of 15 with a pick in the first half, right? Yeah. And that ball is picked off, and he's got two now. And we've seen with him, when you get to two, you might get to four. Like, it can unravel. Like, that's where we are. Like, was that a great play call? Was that a great pass? Or was that lucky as F-U-C-K? I think yeah. we all know what that was. Right. But it happened, right? So I can't put that on Dan Campbell. Like, that ball's got to end up in your hands or on the ground. Somehow it turns into a, a one-yard gimme touchdown for McCaffrey. He comes out. What does he do? We're gonna we're gonna get physical. We're gonna run the ball. Jameer Gibbs fumbles on the first play of the drive. Like, if he doesn't fumble there, like they might hold the ball for six minutes. Yeah. It didn't happen. Like, did that not happen because he didn't try a fifty-some yard field goal that? His kicker outside of a dome might not make anyone. Now, when we get to the 47 late, that's where I'm like, let's try this. If you give him 17 yards of field position, you give him 17 yards of field Sure. Stuff happens. Like, I think 47, you you got to attempt that. You know, that was what? Fourth and a long three. But, like, you have another situation where a guy drops a ball. Right, you got a chance to move the ball the following drive. We got Reynolds dropping the ball. Yeah. I don't know, man. Is that correlated to Dan Campbell being aggressive? Or is that just 
a team that was in a new territory found ways to beat themselves, found ways to unravel, unforced errors. It was the story in both games. One team on the road with a massive lead, one team at home not trailing by somehow in their heads. They thought they were trailing by 24. You were never down by more than 10. Not managing game situations. But I'm Ben Johnson for the third and fourth call and then running on third down and goal to go at the end of the game. That can't happen. That's, I mean, that's on, that's egregious that that's on Dan Campbell, too. Like, you got to stop that young coordinator right then and there and say, bro, we're, we need that timeout to try to win the game. Yeah. Like, maybe math, not your forte. We need every timeout to stop the clock to make anything happen if we're lucky enough to get another possession to an onside kick or whatever. So, like, to me, it all started with the third and fourth call. Like, you're, you're, Having your way with them again, you don't need something cute there. You you don't you don't need that. Like Montgomery's falling forward for two yards every time you run power with him. Like, so I don't know, man. Are you mad at like I'm really not like even if I'm, I'm the not. Lions fan, and again I was invested in this game. I'm not mad at Dan Campbell. I'm like, not. You got to no. catch balls. I mean, you, you got to make you, plays. You have to make rudimentary football plays if you're going to beat a team of that caliber yeah. on the road. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm not at DB. I mean, it's not the easiest play in the world, but it can't. You, if the ball's got to land on the ground. You cannot concede 55 yards there when you get two hands, a helmet, and a face mask on the ball. And, and the ball, Ayuk's not even the same area code as that. That ball's hardly overthrown. Like, and then I got people telling me, well, Brock Purdy was great. I mean, okay, like, whatever, man. Like, well, in the second half, right? Three incompletions, 174 yards, those three scrambles. He the played out with the element that won the game. That, that yeah. was the new thing. That was a wrinkle that you hadn't seen before that put him over the top. 21 yards, 10 yards, 21 yards. Yes, those three scrambles were absolutely huge. And so, yes, in the second half, di- different dude. Uh, but but I want to say this about Dan Campbell, and this is this is the thing that irks me about the Ravens' loss, and I'm not as upset about the Lions' loss simply because he didn't go away from who he was. This is who he's been. He didn't change. What changed was they didn't execute. Yeah. They didn't make the plays that they had made when they've won these kinds of games. So you know, two failed fourth downs uh, in field goal range. This is you didn't watch the Lions all year. This is who this guy has been. So you don't change what got you there. I respect that about Dan Campbell, and I'm not as as pissed off at him as I am at, at Todd Munkin about not Absolutely. running football. So uh, as far as you know, Brock Purdy, and, and we'll have plenty of time to discuss this because the 49ers I think are a one and a half point favorite right now, at least going into the Super Bowl. That line probably will change. We know who the better quarterback is. And if you're just basically saying, look, 49ers have better personnel, maybe they're a better team, but the Chiefs have the better quarterback. And it's just going to be that simple, that that guy is going to play much better at the end of the day than that guy. And it may come down to that, but I'm with you. And and this is something really that people, I don't know if a lot of people were, were, were in that same mindset that you were talking about, Jason, but I certainly was. The Sam Darnold thing, I, it, listen, it, we'll never know how close Shanahan was, but he was terrible. He was playing bad. They're down, right? What are they down? They're down 24-10, you know, at one point. Point is, 
you're going, are we going to be able to make a run in this game? And I think that is something that we'll never know, but I totally agree with you. Uh, Even the balls that were completed, I thought he was going to get the kid Jennings killed. I mean, he's going eight feet in the air to catch a five-yard pass. Yeah. One hand. Medicine ball. Medicine ball. Like, he wasn't it. Now, look, momentum changes, and he got a gift from the gods in that ball to Ayuk, and then they finished that drive. And now it's like, well, we can run and pass. We got the whole playbook open to us again, right? It's no yeah. longer 17. Like, I got news for you. If Reynolds catches that ball and the Lions go down and score a touchdown, they're it's over. anointing Brock Purdy. It's over. I think it's over. I, I, I think it's over if the Lions score right before the half where I think it was Gibbs who slipped. Yeah. And you know, yeah, that's seven, not three. Yeah. 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 I, I think that is like the dagger where even though they come back out in the second half, and you know, I just felt and like here's one more we'll never know. <laughs> I think Brock Purdy that night when he got into bed was thanking the football gods for one more thing. And this is no slight on Spags. And I think that Chiefs defense will have more than he can handle. But I guarantee you, he got into bed, got them jammies on. And was like, I'm glad I don't have to see Mike McDonald in that defense again. That one that unmasked me on national television. They wore him out. I'm glad that they found a way. I'm glad the Ravens couldn't score 18 points. I'm glad Justin Tucker didn't kick six field goals today. I'm glad Justin Tucker didn't kick six field goals today. Because I I didn't want that again. Like that, nah, I'll try something else. Give me something else in the Super Bowl. Not that defense. Yeah, yeah tell me, these guys, everything, man. They, I know they're not allowed to gamble at the Super Bowl, but I would try to get, I would try to get Kyle Shanahan in a casino and just play whatever he's playing. <laughs> uh, man, <laughs> it's unreal. Everything's going there. Bro. Carl Dukes, it's in the huddle, guys. Uh, yeah, and 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 if you want to talk about moments, Jason's absolutely right. The IUK, right, tip ball turns into an IUK touchdown. You come back out, next possession, Jameer Gibbs fumble. That turns into a McCaffrey Yes, McCaffrey touchdown. Just like that is 24-24. Different game. And, and from that moment on, you saw the shrieking, right, of the Lions because, hey, we got a bunch of guys who hadn't been here. Nobody was able to, to just take a deep breath, relax. We're fine. We've been doing this. And this is where I felt like Ben Johnson – Go back to what was going on in the first half. This is where I'm – we could have ran it 10 straight times. I didn't give a damn. Yeah. But he didn't do that to kind of reset the tempo. And then now you're, you're just – you know, you're, you're all of a sudden, 49ers get it back. They go down, kick a field goal. They're up three. You know how this ends. I just felt like they didn't know how to handle that. And, and look, I'm going to say this. From that point on, Brock Purdy was great. But he got a reprieve in a championship game at home where he was pooping his pants that most people never get. Most people never get. And he yeah. got it two weeks in a row. He the did. week before, it's the drop pick six and then another dropped interception. No, he absolutely did. So he, like, and now, has he taken advantage? Yes. But he's he, he's things have come up roses for him at points in these games where he looked like he was about to break. They scored 17 points in an eight-minute span, and that was the difference. And the 49ers are on to the Super Bowl. 
Um, we think we're going to get a really entertaining game. I hope we do. I don't yeah. think this is, you know, I want to, I want to have another game like last year, guys. We forgot how entertaining that Eagles Chiefs game was back and forth. You know, it went down to the end. That's what I want as a Super Bowl. I, I do not want to blow out, but, uh, you know, everybody keeps talking about this is the 49ers time. They've been in these championship games, you know, three of the last four years or whatever it's been. They went to a Super Bowl, lost one. I, I don't know if it's their time. I just think, and I said this to you last week, Jason, Mahomes is Jordan. You, you got to go through him. Yeah. You, you, you got to beat him to get one. And if you are able to do that, great. The only guy that's been able to do that was the, the GOAT, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's well, he's lost three times in the playoffs. Brady got him twice. The only, yep. the, only, the only active quarterback to beat him with the season on the line is Joe Burrow. So that's yeah. it. Guys played 17 playoff games. When well, Cincinnati season. went to the Super Bowl, yes, that year. But I, but think about that, right? That that to me is that's where we're at in this whole thing. And so um we are gonna preview the Super Bowl and talk plenty about it. But I, I uh I want to come back and ask Take you about the some points with Kansas City while you can. They're not gonna be there. When the public starts betting this, everyone's gonna go Kelsey Taylor. You can get plus money on Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown right now I, yeah. I don't think it'll be there by thursday it's I certainly agree. not going to be there by next thursday right so you, you want to get on that um and take chiefs money line plus money six weeks six the san francisco 49ers are five and nine against the spread the only there's only like three teams that have fewer wins against the spread since week six and that's including the playoffs so they've played more games than most teams and still atlanta the jets Washington, the Chargers. Those Bad. are the only teams with fewer wins against the spread since yeah. week six. Bad 13 team. week sample size. And you got a Chiefs team that's like covered in five straight and that keeps winning for you on the money line against really good AFC teams who know them well. So I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I would, I would, the one and a half, I mean, just take the Chiefs, get a plus 102, plus 100. If you think Pacheco's going to score a touchdown in this game, I do. Like, you can get it at minus 118 now. I, I can't think that that doesn't go off, you know, closer to one to two odds than that. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll take a break. We're going to come back. We'll, we'll give you a hint of uh, who we like, at least at this point. This could obviously change. Uh, the good news is with the break, I think we'll have everybody healthy for both teams, which will be good for us as fans to get a good Super Bowl. Uh, but we'll take a quick break. We're going to come back. It's in the huddle, guys. Jason Lock on four, Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger. We're coming right back. All right, Jason, uh, real quick, a couple of coaching things that are going on. Uh, you talked about, we talked about Ben Johnson. As we do this podcast today, they're in Detroit, the commanders, brass. Apparently, they're interviewing Aaron Glenn, too. I, I don't know if they both leave or one guy gets the head coaching job. I don't think Aaron Glenn wants to go be a coordinator. Uh, and you know, yeah, Washington. I wouldn't think so. No. Yeah, so I wouldn't think he'd want to go work for Ben. For Ben, ben right? So somebody is going to is going to get this job, and we think it's Ben Ben Johnson. Let me say this about Ben Johnson: I think he's brilliant as an offensive coordinator. He's shown that. What I don't know is is he head coach material, right? That that is my concern. Um, and I know it's always good to go get the hot coordinator and all of that, and you know we've seen it time and time again. But I, I just don't know if he's had coach material um, when we talk about being able to, to lead and how vocal he is. 
He's been behind the scenes, so we haven't heard a lot from him. And talking to coaches and people I know around the league and coaching circles, everybody loves his brain and, and his yeah. the way he works. But but that is one question that has been been you know raised to me. And so I'm bringing it to our audience because that's the one thing we never know when these guys get hired. And then two or three years in, you realize, hey, great coordinator, just not a great head coach. Right. You can be that. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're a loser. It just simply means that all these guys are not cut out to be great head coaches. Some of these guys are just great coordinators. Yeah, look, it, it's it's going to beg a lot of questions. That's one of them. Um, you know, do they replace him from within? Does that change anything? You know, they're, they're going to pay Jared Goff. I mean, that's been all going on since last summer. You know, but what does he look like without Ben Johnson? You know, like, is there a drop-off? You know, does their identity change at all? Um. So it's – it's. look, I would love for him to be my offensive coordinator. I would take him over a lot of guys in this league. But this is now uncharted territory, and he is yeah. a very young guy. And there's going to be some, you know, growing pains and learning curve. What does his staff look like? How is he one of these guys who's real willing to put former head coaches around him who might know a little more than him about game management and situations? Or – is he a guy who's scared of his own shadow and therefore just wants a whole bunch of other, you know, 30-year-olds like himself who see the game the same way, who think the same way? You know what I mean? And it's like, that's my posse, and that's how I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm riding or dying. Like, I, I'll be real interested to look. It's the totality of the staff. Like, it's not just the one hire. It's it's a lot of things. Um, you know, that defense should have been a lot better than it was for a long time. You know, what's, what's the staff look like on that side of the ball? What's the plan there? Um, but he's worthy of this opportunity and he was going to get one of these jobs and he could have, excuse me, the Carolina job last year if he wanted it. And he was, he's smart enough to know that that wasn't, that wasn't the time or place to go work for Tepper. And, and there may never be, I mean, and yeah. I get like, people are going to take that job and Canales should take in that job and you get six years. I get it, but good luck. Godspeed. Um, so yeah, I think it would make a lot of sense for Washington. They're gonna they're gonna take a quarterback, you know, at the top of the draft here, and that'll be you know that'll be a big part of Ben Johnson's charge is to to get that kid playing effective and efficient football as soon as possible. There have been six hires: uh, Chargers, Raiders, Patriots, Titans, Panthers, Falcons. The two jobs remaining are the Seahawks and Commanders. And there have been four general manager hires, Raiders, Commanders, Panthers, Chargers. The Patriots still don't have a general manager per se. We, we don't know where that's going. Yeah. But, but the one team, and I just want to bring this up, the one team I do not have any idea where they're going. All these other teams, I have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen. Um, where the hell are the Seahawks going? Are they going to go get one of these coordinators that just well, I, If they – look, we know that – Obviously, John Schneider and people in that building have strong ties to Dan Quinn. He coached there a long time, right? Helped them win Super Bowl, win one Super Bowl, should have won two Super Bowls before he went to Atlanta. And Mike Vrabel and John Schneider have a relationship. Um, they both think very highly of each other. They know each other pretty well. A lot of people in the league think they could work together really well. But then why hasn't that happened already? Like, right. Right, Vrabel's been a free agent for a month, and and you've you've done a diligent search, and you're compliant with the Rooney rule. If you wanted to hire one of those two 
guys, you could have done it weeks ago. Now, they didn't jump in on big, you know, on McDonald as much as some other teams early, but again, there's two jobs left, and really there's one job because everybody thinks Washington's going to go offense because they're about to take Drake May or, you know, Daniels or whatever with the second pick. It could be Mike McDonald. Like, they've waited this long, and he's going to have an audience with them, and I, I think, like, I don't think there's anybody from the coordinator first-time head coach bin of candidates who's shown through his body of work doing his job that they're better equipped than him. Like nobody's out coordinated him. It's really since Roquan Smith came to town in Baltimore in late October of 2022. So that would be a really interesting hire. Like the question there is, especially for a young coach is like, is the Allen family selling the team in two years? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because question. we yeah. might be just hitting stride and we're really coming together, but we're still the, – the record still looks kind of middling. Somebody spends – let's say they buy the whole kit and caboodle, right? They buy the Seahawks. They buy the MLS team. They buy the uh, – what does he have? The Trailblazers? Yeah. They buy the whole thing for $9 billion. I got news for you. They're going to bring some of their own people in, even if you're great. You know, so like, like if I'm Vrabel or whatever, and I'm already established, like, okay, that's well, I'll worry about that when I get there. And I've already made a lot of money being a head coach. People know I can do the job. People would see that for what it is. Like, that would be my concern. Like, what is the family plan? Like, what is going? I know you got to trust. And everybody seems to think you're going to sell this team by 2026 at the latest. You know, what am I looking at here? Like, that would be my concern there. I think John Snyder's great. Also, I'm just not a Geno guy. Like, are we married to this quarterback? Like, it is what it is. Like, yes, you found great value here. And, like, he's going to help us stay in games. And he's going to help my defense. But, like, you see the quarterbacks, you know what I mean, who get to the end. Like, if I'm a first-time head coach, I want an athletic quarterback. I want a quarterback who can win off script. I want a quarterback who can win with his legs. Like, that's, and this guy's had Lamar Jackson. He's had the, the the most dynamic one around him ever. So, you know what I mean? Like, would that be enough for me not to take the job? No, but, like, I want to be in lockstep with the GM that, like, hey, we're looking for our quarterback we're going to win a Super Bowl with as soon as we get the mobile. Like, now. You know what I mean? Like, you hire me tomorrow. Let's go down there. Let's start looking at quarterbacks. Like, so we'll think, but they've obviously waited for something. And, and look, yeah. could they convince Ben Johnson? I mean, they could, but if I'm Ben Johnson, number I'm two, taking this, I'm taking one of the best quarterbacks on the planet right now. And I got yeah. for five years cheap. Yep. Number That's two, a no greater. And this new owner, right? And it's, he's yeah. from Carolina and this is close to home. I mean, until the Carolina Panthers came around, which is not that long ago for old guys like you and I, Carolina was Redskins country. That's right. Redskins were a regional team, right? That's right. From from right wherever the Falcons stopped. To where, yeah, all the way up to DC. You're right. But like Northern Georgia, the Carolinas, that was Redskins country. Well, think about it. I mean, even Tennessee before, you know, the Oilers moved and the Titans, that was all Falcons, right? All that because people didn't have an NFL team. And then you got into obviously the Ohio teams. But you're right. You go that way, it's all Redskins. I get calls from people all the time on the national show, Jason, in the Carolinas who are hardcore Redskin fans, commanders. 
who yeah. followed that team since they were in, in their childhood. So you're right. Um, and they're going to build. They're going to get a downtown stadium built. Like this owner, like it's a new thing. You know what I mean? And again, the Seattle thing. My biggest question, whenever I take a job, is who am I working for, and how long am I working, and how committed are they to this? How do they want this as badly as I want this, or are they owning this team because their name was on a trust? You know what I mean? And there's things for tax ramifications that you need to hold on to for so long. But then we're cashing out, and we're going to take that money and use it to help the world and do things that we're really interested in. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Paul Allen ran the football team. That was his passion. Paul Allen hasn't been with us for years. Great stuff. Cannot wait to see what happens with the Super Bowl. We're going to talk more. Senior Bowl, by the way, guys. That's what all these coaches are getting ready to go down and take a look. And to Jason's point, we've got these, you know, games where you're going to get start to look and start to look at talent. Maybe guys you might be interested in um, to put on your big white erase board. And then we'll get into, obviously, free agency after the Super Bowl, and then, of course, the draft in April. We've got a lot to look forward to. But we're coming back. We're going to break down Kansas City. We're going to break down, uh, you know, the, the, this game with the 49ers and see how this is all going to look. We've got plenty of time to do it, and we want you to be here. Follow us in the Huddle Pod on YouTube. Subscribe, like us so you don't miss an episode. Baldy will be with us later in the week. Jason, great job, man. And we will talk later this week about uh, getting ready for this Super Bowl. Thanks, buddy. Everybody take care. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.